And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Illogic. Foolish emotions. A constant irritant. And transpire out! Freak! Two! Along the circus. <laughs> right next to the dog-faced boy. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Oh, oh. It's a super prize package worth $9,388. Money. This isn't the biggest bag over the head. Punch in the face I ever got. God damn it! Ow! Go away, Peyton. And now, together by live simulation via the internet, your hosts, Scott Gardner. He killed a police officer for Christ's sake. Thank God, damn lucky he didn't kill him. And Chris Honeywell. Keep away! Keep away from me! You are physically repulsive, intellectually retarded, vulgar, insensitive, selfish. Stupid. You have no taste, a lousy sense of humor, and you smell. So you're looking at me? Yeah, because she thought you're some kind of freak. Now come on, Thank let's God. go. She likes me, eh? No way. Shut up, you freak! Julia, shoot. I say shut up! It's a man! Hey babies! Welcome to Two True Freaks. Why am I talking like an idiot? Because I am here with the core of the Two True Freaks Rat Pack. That's me, Scott Gardner, and Michael Bailey. Who can bring the sunshine? <laughs> it with two. Oh, that's right. I forgot we decided you were Sammy. Yeah. I'm Dino. And Scott, you get to be Frank Sinatra. I did it my way. And you know, I'm really that surprised that you weren't singing uh, New York, New York, because I remember that was a karaoke favorite. <laughs> so, so wait, 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 wait. Who originally sang My Way, Scott? Sinatra, wasn't it? I thought yeah, it keep was it that vicious. way. Oh, okay. Yeah, keep it that way. Screw the boat here. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why we're the, the rat pack. That, it has been a while since, tales. Like, the, you know, and, and I'm not even really, you know, part of the core core group, but uh, I, I, I was the first one to really be brought in. So it does kind of feel like the uh, <laughs> the trio of terror, basically. <laughs> and terrorize we are going to. Oh, yes. Today. I think we should be the rat's ass pack myself. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's what we give. It's what we exactly. give. <laughs> It's what we give that's important. Um, <laughs> that this is a, our fifth week episode, and there's been a lot of talk this month. We had a, like we opened up a thing on Facebook. What should we do for the fifth month? And then we ignored every suggestion, <laughs> pretty much in typical style. But um, I don't know. It, I it, for me the the conversation got spurred by a thread on Facebook that Michael started, but. It sounded like you, you were prodded by somebody else, weren't you, to 
Well, no, I mean, I, I, I just kind of threw it out there that, you know, Scott and I and, and, and you and, you know, like we, we all have this list of podcasts that we want to do someday. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a mile freaking long at this point. <laughs> and one of them um, was, you know, you know, like kind of the care and feeding of comic books, uh, which we still haven't done yet. Uh, but maybe this will spur us to do it. But another was basically not so much we know everything, so we're going to school you on this, but more of we've made every mistake possible uh, in this podcasting thing. So here's what we did, and here are the lessons we learned from doing that. Uh, so, it's, you know, in my mind, it was going to be like a crappy 80s infomercial with, like, you know, shot on video with that horrible right. music behind it. We're all wearing Cosby sweaters. Um, and, you know, like, it, the intro has, like, different shots of us from various points in the special. And then it, you know, opens on all three of us going, Hi there! Yeah. We're two true freaks. Hi, Michael and Scott. Doesn't it drive you nuts when you go to listen to your new podcast and your shitty Skype recorder is dumped the whole thing? <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> so, uh, but, but that's basic. And, and then uh, Bob Fisher, who's uh, been on a couple of the shows now, uh, I honestly thought the, he was going to take Is he the guy that sings those funny Christmas songs? What? Never mind. I know exactly. You mean Bobby <laughs> Fisher? Bobby. Okay, yeah. No, that was Bob thought, Fisher when he was fi- like. I thought Bobby Fisher old. was the chess player. That was That's... Carrie Fisher's dad, right? <laughs> I'm no, sorry. That was but... Eddie Munster. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it? I don't know. Anyway. Dead anyway. I think. <laughs> right. That's another podcast we've always wanted to do, too. Aren't they dead yet? Are they dead? I thought they were dead. Oh, that's going to be a segment. <laughs> it, happened, it happened again the other day to me, and now I'm trying to remember who it was. was it anyway, Mike was telling it. Uh, no. I'd love to have those people on the show and call the show. Aren't you dead? <laughs> dead. The most awkward talk show ever. Oh, yeah. Well, most of them are, would be like 95 years old and half deep anyway. And, and so it would just be a lot of like, what? What? But uh, I, I think between the three of us, we have a combined episodes edited of maybe a thousand podcasts at this point. A thousand episodes of various shows. I think, I, think you're, I think you're underestimating it a little bit. Yeah. Between the three of us? Yeah. Especially with what's getting pumped out lately. Yeah. <laughs> Even, you know. So, yeah, I think when we switched over to twotruefreaks.com, we had almost 800 podcasts that had to get moved over. And then there's you. <laughs> <laughs> Which probably wow. almost doubles that. So, yeah. A lot of... I don't even want to to try to figure out how many hours we've spent editing well, editing you know, and it, uploading and taking notes 
and that's the thing is is that you know when we I, I think when the the three of us started uh, you know I I started views in 2007 you guys started TTF in 2008 it was all like we we would hear podcasts we thought it was awesome let's do it ourselves and then you're sitting in front of the computer going how in the hell do I do this mm-hmm. and uh, I was blessed with a group of people that came together and kind of gave me some of the tools that I needed uh, to get started. And I still was terrible uh, at the beginning. And I really haven't gotten all that much better over the last couple of years, but you just uh, have to be a little better than the people you're telling it to. (laughs) And uh, I know you had experience with audio editing and, and stuff with music and such. So maybe the learning curve was a little, easier was, for you it was a little easier because uh, more mostly because i'd done more m- more than uh, like audio work it was mostly you know in a live band context which is totally a different thing but in video editing like the layout of a video editor and the layout of an audio editor are not that different at all you know so it's basically sort of the same thing the editing process is pretty much the same thing you're fading things in you're fading things out you know you have different tracks that you're that you line up with each other so yeah so i think that that definitely i had an advantage on the on the sound aspect and and like in what was it like the first year of it wasn't even probably like the first six months i was pretty much doing all the editing and then scott got on audacity and that's when we really started churning them out when all of a sudden both of us started editing and i could tell that he caught the bug for it you know it was not yeah. only like oh, okay i'll uh i'll put some of these together too to 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 help speed things up here and then it's just like, oh, this is kind of fun because it's and it's one of those things. It's a double-edged sword. It's fun sometimes. Sometimes it's a riot. Sometimes it's a chore. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things Definitely. about podcasting is it. it <clears throat> it's one of those things that ninety-nine point nine 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 percent of everybody doing it is doing it as a hobby. But it's a hobby you got to put a lot of work into. To where that's sitting sometime going, is this really a hobby? Because <laughs> I, sh- I usually get paid for doing grinding stuff like this, but it's worth it, you know. Or we wouldn't be here right now. That's the thing uh, of of all the th- advice and the, all the stuff that we're going to talk about tonight. If nothing else, that's the thing that I hope people take away from this. Is you know, I, I I'm going to consider right now that this this episode is you know get off your ass and make a podcast the Ooh. sequel. Yeah. You know, yeah, part two. But, you know, while I want to be absolutely encouraging and and really try to be helpful and give helpful tips and things, basically, I want to be everything that the veterans weren't when we were okay. getting in here's, to here's, podcasting. Here, here's what I'm picturing. It. Re- remember, um, just to refresh the audience or people who haven't listened to it, we did a podcast, what, like three years ago? It was a while ago, yeah. Called uh, Get Up Off Your Ass and Do Your Own Podcast, partly because... Um, Scott and I had been hearing a lot of people going, well, I'd like to make a podcast too. And, and we noticed, and we'd been running into people who were very discouraging about it. Yes. Well, that's all the, the, we need is more podcasts. There's already too many fish swimming around in this, or blah, blah, blah. That was, so, that's an actual quote from, yeah. I'm not going to say who it was, but that's an actual with a quote from a podcast. Po- yeah. At Why? the time. 
and it, 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 it was an, it was an established podcaster. I didn't mean that as a dig. I guess it came out that way. But at the time, yeah, it was it was a it was one of the 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 big fish, you know, one of the big podcasters. And we had him and another big podcaster on for a special episode talking about podcasting and the history and the future of podcasting. That episode has never seen the light of day because they were such condescending pricks in that episode and basically completely completely discouraging both to us as the new kids on the block. But also to everybody that might be interested. It was it was a complete bummer of an episode. And Chris and I talked and we're like, did you hate that? Yeah, I pretty much hated that. All right, well, why don't we just shelve it and we'll put it out there one day and make fun of it. And then I think it's since been deleted. I don't it's it's, it's never it's gonna be on my but, dead computer. Someday yeah. it'll be revived again. And I've always kept it. But yeah. I've never felt the need to to play it unless and and then we'd just be and if we did play it to pick out it we ju- it would just sort of be gloating over those guys and and you know right. the two true freaks are above that sort of thing. <laughs> See, I, I kind of feel bad because I I had a little bit of the opposite happen to me when I I started podcasting thanks to the guys at the Unique Geek, uh, which you can find at theuniquegeek.com. I became friends with them through uh, the Irredeemable Shag uh, and DragonCon. And they had me on a few of their shows as one of the panelists, and I kind of caught the bug, and I've been listening to shows and different podcasts, uh, not all comic book ones either. And when I when I was like, I'm going to do my own show, it's like they all, you know, John Butel, who does a lot of the technical stuff for for the, I think maybe all of the technical stuff for for the Unique Geek, gave me a list of things I needed to do. And a friend of mine from the Superman homepage, Jeffrey Bridges, gave me the template for the XML file, which I'll go into later, about what that is exactly. And it was just, I feel really bad (laughs) that you guys had people be such cocks to you uh, when really, you know, unless you're monetizing the podcast, which is really difficult to do, uh, it's not impossible, but it's... You can do it, but you just probably won't get any money. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're doing this as, as something to be fun, you know, we're supposed to be a community. And that's why when I met you guys, you know, you know, Scott issued that directive that I was to appear on Back to the Bins. It, it, it was worded as an invite, but now <laughs> I've since learned getting to know Scott that I was being told uh, because that's how that, that's the ta- driving taskmaster. That Scott Gardner is uh, a lot of the time, but it was you know meeting you guys and then getting to be friends with s- some other people. You know, everyone thankfully since then that we've uh, that I've come into contact with, it's all been like one big happy family. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're yeah we're fighting behind the scenes, but you know we're playing each other's promos and stuff like that, which is another reason I really wanted to get this show out there to people maybe starting out not as oh we're the you know the you know the the wise old men sitting on the mountain but like hey you know this might make it a little easier for you to do it by seeing where we messed up right uh, yeah. or where we learned a lesson and it's not like you know no one died uh, except right. you know your original third not co-host. that we're gonna talk about yeah uh, you know ricky uh and I'd like to dedicate this episode to Ricky. Yeah, um, and I'm going to dedicate a little bit of editing to that that statement, man, because <laughs> I don't want to be I I can't go back to jail, man. 
<laughs> you're, you're too pretty. <laughs> is that it? That is it. He's got a pretty mouth they anyway. Make him Ned Beatty out of me. Why do we always talk about Ned Beatty when when you're on the show, Michael? Because <laughs> I live in Georgia, so and that's where Deliverance was set. So I think, you know, it's going to be the same with one of the other Scots that has been on a couple of the other shows. Because I think he's from Georgia too. So. Oh, yep, Birdie. <laughs> yep. So where do we want to start? Do we want to start proof like the concept phase, or just get right into the, well, the, the hardware phase? Well, the concept, the, you know, that's what I sort of pictured. You know, uh, the the original "Get Up Off Your Ass" was sort of the like, "Hey, you should have a podcast." No, yeah, oh, I know you hear it's hard, but actually, you can do it. They're sort of, hey, look, these idiots are doing it, and you know, here's what you do: you let your imagination go. And blah blah blah, and this one's like for the people who like said, okay, that's a good idea, and they start doing their podcast. And this is the one where we take them aside and go, all right, man, <laughs> it ain't all fun and games. I'll um, tell you what, if you guys are gonna do the the more the technical aspect, it, it occurs to me that my notes really are more about content, and in a lot of ways, probably kind of recap. It's been a long time since I've li- listened to that original episode, but I imagine that there's probably a bit of repetition in here, a bit of, you know, covering what we covered before. Sure. So if you want me to do my notes first, just as sort of a, you know, recap of where we've been and and that sort of thing, covering more of the concept phase, and then you guys cover more of the technical phase, we can do it that way if you like. That sounds good. That sounds good. completely up to you. Um, Yeah, I'm good with that. Really, my biggest note for this... um, I just want to kind of tell a story more than anything else. Um, kind of my story as it relates to podcasting. And, you know, there's there's no ego here. There's no, you know, I'm not trying to inflate myself. This is, I mean, this is where I'm at in my life right now. Oh, I'm so you did get the implant. <laughs> not that one. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. Oh, your ego. Okay, good. But no, <laughs> but no literally, I really do credit this podcasting gig for being where I'm at in my professional life right now. You know, recently um, I checked out at work. I I went through um, an approval process and got officially checked out and I actually teach now at my work um, at Disney University teaching uh, the new people coming in to lodging line of business is what they call it. The hotels line of business how to do that job, how to do my job, you know, front desk. And I never ever imagined myself in a million years doing a job like that, being up at the head of a classroom. It's almost like tempting fate by the way you treated teachers in high school. I'm almost like, (laughs) what is he doing to himself, man? (laughs) But it's just amazing to me to go you know, in just a, a couple of short years from, you know, where we where we were starting out with this show to where we are now. And, and I look at my own life and just that progression. And I literally had one of my supervisors at my checkout tell me that I'm one of the most natural orators that they've ever seen come into what what the what it's actually called is facilitation. They don't call it teaching or being an instructor. They call us facilitators. 
but it's basically you're a teacher, you're an instructor. And she told me that I was one of the more natural orators that she'd ever heard, that I don't have a lot of pauses when I'm speaking. I don't, you know, use a lot of ums and you knows and things like that because uh, I just and seem you like know why a that natural is. speaker. Oh, yeah. And both I'll tell you, is. <laughs> where that comes from, honestly, is when you spend umpteen hours, you know, in days in front of a computer slaving over taking every single um and you know and like and all these little verbal tendencies that you hate when you hear that you when you listen back to your own voice and you hear yourself saying these things when you spend just ungodly amounts of time in front of the computer having to edit that stuff out and i encourage you to do that if you're starting out podcasting spend the time to do that stuff even though it sucks and it sucks the time out of yep. you and and it can be a little bit discouraging spend the time to do it because the more time you spend doing it and the more you sit there going oh this sucks why do i sound like such an idiot when i talk over time what should begin to develop is that you will gain the ability to edit yourself on the fly. <laughs> yes. And you will actually listen to yourself as you speak because you'd be amazed with the people that don't actively listen to themselves while they're speaking or form the idea in their head fully before they actually open their mouth. If you can gain that ability, you will suddenly find that you're editing yourself on the fly and so that you're not filling space with either dead air or ums yeah, or you know it's or like, like a swear jar or the swear. or cussing yeah cussing's a big one of them too uh, i still cuss but i don't think i cuss near as much on shows anymore because i don't need to be throwing the f word in there every five minutes to cover my thought while i'm making a transition from one thought to the other i just Things thought like you liked that. saying that word I do, but I've been trying to be much more proactive about not saying it as much anymore on the show. <laughs> Real life's a whole different story. But, uh, <laughs> but not, I mean, seriously, I, I'm not exaggerating when I say that I believe it's podcasting that has put me where I am today in my professional life. I don't think I would have had the confidence to go out for a job like that. I don't think I would have had the cockiness in the uh, audition that I know that I had going into it, feeling like, I've been doing this five years, this ain't nothing. And also getting up in front of the class for those first few times, I should have been scared to death. And there's a bit of nervousness that settles in, gee, do I have the script down pat? You know, do I have my notes in order? Do I, you know, am I mentally prepared? There's that, there's always that. But it wasn't like stunning, uh, overpowering, stage fright you know what i mean to where you, you just stop and you can't talk none of that it was more of a swagger like i got this and that's cool that's really exciting to me and again totally podcasting it, it's just gaining that ability through I, I can't tell you how many sleepless nights of literally staying up from slaving over a hot editing slaving board. over a hot editing board exactly just going through and in a two-hour show. I mean, you haven't lived. You haven't been a real podcaster until you have spent 
six hours editing 30 seconds worth of audio <laughs> and there we've all done it right i mean oh, yeah, absolutely we've all been there it's it's nuts but it happens and you've got to be prepared for that sort of thing going into it if you take nothing away lunch <laughs> yeah i mean if you take nothing else away from this take away the fact that before you get into it and this is not meant to discourage you i just want people to understand what you're getting into before you get into it understand that this is work it's a lot of fun. It's a hell of a lot of fun. It's great to be able to get together with your closest pals on a regular basis and just shoot the shit. It's awesome. I love that. That's the coolest thing about podcasting. That and meeting new friends mm -hmm. that you wouldn't otherwise have ever known or, or have ever had the opportunity to live. You or, might have or, flown or, over uh, them in a plane and that was about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to, to talk to because you don't live, you know, geographically in the same areas or sometimes even on the same side of the freaking planet. I've, I've often that's thought about cool. that. I've often thought about like, you know, if we didn't have the podcast, we could go to some con and we could, you know, pass a dozen of these people and not even notice them, you know, not even know of their existence of the same with yeah. us. I mean, look at all the all the friends that we've got now that that we didn't know about any of these people beforehand i mean hell mike and i lived within what 45 minutes hour yeah, hour depending and on traffic like yeah from each other and I, I don't think we'd ever met if it wasn't for the shows you know for podcasting i think that's awesome that was one you know, of those I mean, weird things where i actually knew where carrollton was and you were just shocked <laughs> You know, Andy. Here, Andy lives across the Atlantic from us. Yeah. We we never would have known Andy otherwise. I, I just I think that's awesome. I think that's really really cool. Um, but again, getting back to my original thought, just understand that it's work. That it is a lot of work. It is a huge huge commitment of time. Time being the biggest thing. It's a massive commitment of time, and you've got to be prepared for that. And if you're not prepared for it, I think that's why you have a lot of people that pop in, they do shows for a little bit, and then they're gone because they don't realize what a massive commitment of time that it is. And, but, and, and some of the things we're going to talk about tonight are not necessarily things that everyone has to do, because every show is different and every show finds its own vibe. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, you know, e even when you're thinking, you know, the, the basic, you know, the first thing you have to decide is what kind of show are you going to do? Mm -hmm. Uh I will say this as somebody who has done this sort of show. Uh, unless you're really dedicated or passionate about the subject, do not do an index show. Uh, because it is very easy to lose interest. Yep. Uh, if you say, I'm going to cover every Dr. Fate comic ever. <laughs> uh, you know, it's possible. But unless you, you know, unless you've got like the helmet and Abu sitting on your, you know, your hutch. You know, over the desk as you're recording, you might lose lose um, lose interest over time. Also, if you decide to do one of those shows, uh, just do not say you're going to do everything <laughs> because it's almost right. impossible to do everything. Early in from Crisis to Crisis, some jackass emailed into the show and took <laughs> us to task because we weren't covering absolutely everything. And I don't think he real. And, and what I realized over time from doing from crisis to crisis with Jeffrey, is that Scott was talking about the amount of time it takes. Okay, 
imagine all you know it's exhausting to have to search down every single superman appearance and talk about it so really if you're when you come up with your concept make sure it's something that you can kind of tackle easily at first you can always add stuff to it later but don't come up with the grandest concept ever and jump into it because it can get overwhelming very quickly. And you could end up like going on longer than you wanted to and not enjoying it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because you feel you're committed to getting it all finished or whatever, completing it. Yeah, we're, I mean, hey, and 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 not in podcasts in general, but in the genre of podcasting we're working in with people who are collectors like us, everybody's got their little foibles, but. You know, a lot of us are like kind of completists. So when you start with number one, you want to, you know, there's there's this urge to get them all in a row, you know. Right. And uh, that can kill you. <laughs> it, it can. can. It, it, I think it's much more important to make sure that you're having fun yes. and mm-hmm. making it fun than it is to be ult- the ultimate authority or right. devote. Because then it becomes... A chore. It becomes, yeah. you know, you're, you're being a slave to a format as opposed to, hey, I'm having a blast doing and, this. And enjoy the act of doing it rather than, you know, the exactly. idea of doing a complete this or that. You know, if you ever get to the end of the run, that's great. If you don't, that's great. You know, you'll move on to something else that you're excited about at the time. Right. Because that's what people want to hear. They want to hear people who are excited about what they're talking about who are enthusiastic about it that's what the people want (laughs) and if you're passionate people may listen to your show that aren't interested in your subject i have listened to so many podcasts about stuff that i know nothing about what the hell but i was totally engaged because the person hosting the show was just completely into what they were talking about and it made it sound kind of exciting there was a show i used to listen to i don't really anymore called two in one showcase that did an entire episode about archie comics Mm -hmm. and i swear to god the next day i was in the store in the grocery store going "Eh, maybe i'll pick up some archie i looked through it and realized no this is a terrible idea but they the way they talked about it it made it seem like it had worth so your passion is what's going to drive your show uh you know your subject matter is important and but you know the way you present it uh because if you sound kind of there was a I'm not going to mention the show. I'm not going to mention the comic because that'll reveal the show. Uh, right as I was getting into podcasting, I picked up a show about a comic book that I liked a lot. Uh, you know, a comic series and a character that had a kind of a short run in the long, grand scheme of things. But all the guy did was basically tell me what happened in the comic. And then the episode was over. Right. You know, I heard none of his personality. I heard none of what he thought of the book. And that's the interesting part right. to me, is what the person thinks. Right. So, you know, another another good, you know, tool, you know, tip, tip of the trade, whatever you want to call it, is your personality is what's going to drive the show. And mm-hmm. it is, you know, the how excited you are is one part of it. But you've got to show a little bit of yourself. You've got to tell people what you think about it. Otherwise, you're just sitting there kind of like NPR. It's like, and then on page two, this happened. Oh, my God. I have this listened happened. to shows like that, too. That's the brutal part of it. 
Well, yeah. those shows, I mean, I was just thinking about it, and I'm thinking, well, those, that's not really a podcast. It's a synopsis. You know, or it's like, you know, it would be like reading a, a blurb uh, on a movie, you know, and I mean, right. maybe if you were like, hmm, I wonder if I should read that comic, that podcast might be useful as a reference because you could go, okay, that was what it was about, and that's who drew it, and that's who wrote it. Maybe I'll check it out, but I don't think that's what most people are using. They'll go to Wikipedia for that reference anyway. In the day and age that we live in right now, I could just as easily and probably quick, more quickly download the actual comic right, right. than yeah. I could download the episode if all you're going to do is regurgitate the comic to me. Yeah. I'm downloading your episode because I want you to tell me what you thought of it. So, yeah, I, I have listened to shows like the one that Mike's describing, and I'll give you a great example, and I'm not afraid to name names in this, in this instance because I think they do a bang-up job. Andrew and Michael Leyland, I cannot tell you the number of times they have done an episode about a subject that I don't give a rat's ass about, yet I loved the episode. I, I mean, they've done, uh, oh, damn it, what's that one, the Jesse Custer series there? Preacher. Um, Preacher. They've done several episodes on that, don't give a shit about it. They've done episodes on all kinds of different vertigo, a lot of vertigo stuff. I don't care about any of that stuff. But I like those guys. They're engaging. They're always witty. They're always a lot of fun. And I just listen to to listen to their funny accents and the things that they're going to say and their opinions <laughs> on things. And, and they have actually made other. yeah. And and they're just they're engaging. They're very engaging. And I really like their their shtick and the and the way their personalities come through on the show. And every once in a while. They actually sway me on something that I'm like, you know, I didn't ever care about that before, but that actually sounds interesting, which I think is the highest compliment you can ever pay to anybody in podcast world is if they get you interested in something that you weren't previously interested in. So, yeah, let your personality shine. I mean, be in this because you want to to bring yourself to the show, not because you just want to you know, regurgitate the adventures of Batman or Superman or whatever. I mean, ultimately, you know, that's what Wikipedia is for. Or, right. like I said before, you know, people can just go download that stuff now. Bring something to the table. Bring something unique to the table. That I think that's probably the most important thing yeah, to do and, if you're going to get into podcasting. And in addition to, you know, thinking about the material that you're approaching, think about and bring into the show why you would make that into a show, why you would mm -hmm. take that that subject to focus on, because that's that is your that's what you'll be driving off of is you know well I love Batman so that's why I'm doing a, a Batman podcast. So basically your your podcast whatever your title it is really I love Batman, you know exactly. Exactly. Or if you're driven by hate, <laughs> I hate Batman. But whatever, whatever, <laughs> whatever pa passion wind is blowing it. That sounded I, that came out wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a couple other quick notes I got here. Rules of the road, basically. And it's funny. 
there's so many of these things that I wrote down here, and then I got to thinking. There's actually one of my favorite shows blows all these rules off all the time, but sometimes you can get away with that sort of thing if you're actually delivering something very unique and, and a completely solid show. You can get away with not obeying the quote unquote rules, but I would say one of the firm rules. And I'm, I'm always amazed by the number of people that I hear that don't do this. Introduce yourself. Do it every episode. Introduce yourself. Let people know who the hell they're listening to. Because every episode is potentially somebody's first episode. And it can be really frustrating, sometimes to the point of, I just can't listen to this anymore. If all you're hearing is three or four or a dozen voices talking and you don't know who's who and you can't differentiate personalities out of just a mass of voices. So make your listeners get to know you and and, and introduce yourself. Well, that's something we've evolved because we've Mm -hmm. noticed we've evolved a format where you say someone's name and they say hello or something. So then you hear their voice, you know, exactly. No. Because I think a lot of people, when they do that, they think, well, and you'll read the liner notes for the, the show, and they'll be in this show, Tom says this, and, and Bill says this, and Frankie says this, and then they argue about this. But they're, they're not thinking that people don't know, couldn't pick out Frankie's voice out of right. a room full of assholes, you know? So it's right. <laughs> So then you're listening to it going, wait, is this Frankie? And, you know, people never go, well, Frankie, you're wrong. Because so, they're all friends for, you know, their entire lives. So, yeah, it's 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 kind of, it can be clunky and kind of formal at the beginning or whatever. It can take a while, actually, if you have a lot of people. But mm-hmm. you, gotta, you almost got to do it, you know. It gives people something to go on for the rest of the episode. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, also, I would say, you know, tell people where they can find you, both the show and then you personally, so that they have a way to communicate with you. You know, make sure that your show has like a a, a Facebook page or an email address where you can receive feedback, that sort of thing. And it's funny, you know, I, I mentioned that there's a show that I listen to that disobeys so many of the rules. Those two right there, I would think, are like, not only are they kind of like golden rules, but I kind of think of them as almost like common sense rules for podcasting. Yet, one of my absolute favorite shows is the Dinner for Geeks podcast. And I would say probably the first 20-something episodes that they ever did, I think they introduced themselves in the very first episode, and then I don't recall them ever doing it again. And they only recently started throwing in a little tag at the end saying, hey, by the way, we have a Facebook page. So I get a kick out of that, that there's this super awesome podcast. It's very engaging. It's a lot of fun to listen to. Yet they just they have well, a completely unique format. They do their own thing. That's the and thing about the cardinal them. rules is no matter what the cardinal rules, there's always going to be somebody who gets away with it and they spoil it for other people because they make people who are less capable of, or not capable of getting away with it. Think they can get away with it too, Mm -hmm. but don't think you can get away with it. We don't think we can get away with it. So we don't even try. (laughs) No, (laughs) well, you know, Scott, which is the only one I can, I still know by name on that show. It's, you know, cause I know him personally, but Scott, 
I think part of the reason they get away with doing that on that show is that he came into that show. He is a radio personality. That's his day job. So he comes in with that skill set and I would imagine some sort of listener base right at the get-go. So I think that's probably largely how they were able to get away with that starting out. So or, again, not, or not exactly just, a... Maybe hmm? it's, I've also thought that maybe sometimes we, we need to just ask him. <laughs> right, yeah. I've almost pictured it as sort of like, okay, I do the radio every day where, hey, it's Scott Rifen here, oh, Scott Rifen here. That he's just like screw it. I just want to go talk to my friends, you know. So right. It's, it's it. It might be. It's it probably is a combination of both. Mm-hmm. It works for them though. It really does. Uh, my next note here. This is a big one of mine. Unless you're doing some sort of version of a morning drive time show, keep your your sound bites and your sound drops to kind of a minimum. I, I think a lot of beginners have this tendency to really want to throw a lot of just weirdness into it, a lot of little noises or you know, funny horns or funny sounds. This is a rule we break all the time, too, by sound the way. Clips. So. We, we do, but I don't think we go... Well, I mean, I don't know. I could be completely Sometimes wrong. it depends on who's listening. I mean, I remember the one... Con episode that was a bridge too far for a few people. A few people were just like, "Yeah, that was funny the first three times, the first three hundred times, yeah." And then yeah. it got um, yeah. After I... they realized it was gonna happen every time, they were just like grinding their teeth down. So, and and I'll piggyback onto that really quick. Um, I have a, I have a couple friends that you know did a lot of industrial type music. Mm-hmm. Which is like primarily samples, right? Right. Uh, and one of the, and I just listened to them talk, and it, and it kind of taught me something about what I was doing. Uh, is that you know the the quality of the end product is dependent on the quality of your sample. And if you have a good, clean like sound effect, or a good, clean music cue, or a good, clean quote from a movie, it's going to sound good. If you got something that was sampled back in 1995 mm-hmm. on like the Lisa, uh, which is an Apple computer for those who don't know, you know, it's going to sound like crap and it's going to take whoever is listening to the show right out of what they're doing. I mean, you can do the bit, you know, you know, to, to one extreme or, to, or another, but if you're sitting there talking and the, 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 the sound clip you use is all garbly or it's louder than you, or it's softer than you, it's going to sound bad at the final product. So you can adjust, we'll get into the adjusting the levels and stuff, especially in Audacity, which you can do. But, you know, if you're going to do it, get a good, clean sample of whatever you're throwing in there as your little clip. That's one of my cardinal rules, is is you can't, you can always take your sound quality and take it down a notch or two. But you can't make a sound clip better than what you originally have. So whatever mm-hmm. you use for your original raw material, you always want it to be the highest quality you can because it's going to get mushed down into an MP3. It's going to get, you know, it's going to get altered anyway. So you want to keep it as high quality. So at the end, if you start out with something that's mushy and then you record it and it goes into an MP3, it's doubly mushy. When by the time it gets to the listener's ear, so 
quality. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Juan Valdez. And on that, on that same kind of piggybacking on that when it comes to quality uh, of the sound and such, I would say two, two key words here. Quality of the sound, but also brevity. And I'm talking about both your intros, what you use to actually bring in the show if you use some sort of little ditty or combination of sound bites or whatever you use. But most especially your promos and i strongly urge you to create a promo for your show a little commercial for your show that tells people basically Mm -hmm. what it's about and where they can find you and again make sure you do that make sure that there's something in there that gives a gives the the listener a clue what your show is about but more importantly i can't tell you the number of promos i've listened to that sounded really good but then they didn't tell me either the name of the show or where I could find it. You can find the show. Yeah, it's like, wait a minute, what was the point of that if you're not going to tell me where I can come listen to you? But here's the most important thing is that unless you're hosting that promo somewhere yourself and and posting it up where people can find it, if you're sending it out to other podcasters hoping that they're going to pimp it and promote it and play it on their shows, keep the shit short. Yes, please, have mercy. I've gotten some promos that are like five and six minutes. I'm like, that are, great. are you serious? That are really well, yeah, they're good. They've but had it's... work poured, and you can tell they yeah. had work poured into them. And I mean, we have we try to keep our bits shorter than five or six minutes. So yeah, I mean, yeah. The thing about a promo is everything you need to know about that show. Whether you even if you're gonna do something like a straight up, I'm describing my show to some sort of you know little comedy bit with your partner where you're like hey you know fred hi well let's talk about this you know whatever you need to do whatever you need to communicate you can do it in either 30 seconds or one minute yeah i would say 30 between 30 and 90 seconds is ideal because there's there's a people's attention and b and I guess this is sort of an extension of people's attention. There's the people who you're sending off your your promo to, and mm-hmm. that, that that so when you when you get a five minute promo, and you're and when you have a show, I mean, I you're begging people love getting programs. You're begging people give send me a promo for your show, you know, and I'll play it. And it's 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 hard to get people to want to promote their show. So you get someone's promo and you want to play it. It's six minutes long. Then you have this dilemma. Where do I put this thing? You know, mm-hmm. do I put it at the beginning of my show? Because you can't have the first six well, minutes of show Smith. be someone else's show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, whenever I listen to one of those podcasts, I go seven minutes in, you know, and skip that stuff because I want to get to what I want to hear. So then you think, do you want to put it in the middle and take people out of it? And even if it's really cool for five or six minutes or... Do I want to put it at the end where nobody's going to hear it? So it becomes this. But if you have a 30 second or one minute thing that just flies by, you can put that thing anywhere. Anytime you take a break, it can be at the. Yep. You could put it right at the top of your podcast before you even start. You could just be like, a, it, 30 seconds are great for, you know, if you're in the podcast and go, oh, yeah, there's a new show. Oh, well, here's their promo. And then you cut the promo in. A 30-second one's great for that. Or, you know, oh, let's take a break. A minute one's good for that. 
But any more, any time more than that, it starts to, it's, it's, you know, it starts to get into infomercial territory. Yeah, yeah. I, and, you know, I, I, I've heard I, some I'm, like that. I'm really guilty of doing like two, two minute promos, so I, I, I won't sit here and try to pretend I don't. But what I will say about promos and the most important thing about them uh, is when you're distributing your show, usually you're going through iTunes. And one of the things that a lot of shows struggle with when they're starting out is their show's not on iTunes yet. So you can't direct people in the first episode, go to our iTunes page, which is the number one way people get your mm-hmm. will download your show. If you have a promo, you can throw that out first to establish your iTunes feed. And then in your first episode, you can say, go to our website, Here's our iTunes feed, and they can subscribe with episode one, uh, which will just help your listener base increase faster. Yeah, I, I cannot stress enough how many more listeners we got the second we signed up to iTunes. It's just that's where people go to look for podcasts, and which also means when you sign up for iTunes and uh, make sure you put there's always a place to put. Uh, keywords for your podcast. Pick them good, you know. Pick good keywords that, that directly directly associate to your show that are something that people would be searching for. You know, if you're doing a show on Batman, you want Batman in there. You can throw Christopher Nolan in there. You can throw DC Comics in there. You know, anything associated with it and that the creators if you're if you're covering comics put the names of the creators in there because <laughs> amazingly they, they, enough they, creators google themselves yeah they they go out and look up themselves so the, the if they see a podcast about them odds are they're probably going to listen to it one of the best interviews we ever had was because uh, a creator actually i think it was his son the creator's son was googling his dad found him listed in one of our episodes and got in touch with us and then came on the show. So that was really cool. So, yeah. Throw those names in there and into those searches. Yep, and you will see all of a sudden because there's a lot of, you know, you 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 you're publicizing your podcast by word of mouth, by telling all your friends and telling the people you know. But that's iTunes is that huge humongous ocean of people that you don't know that are just looking for stuff. So that's where you get your fresh blood. You know, the people the people who aren't like, "Ah, oh, yeah, I'll go check out my friend's podcast." They're they're the the anonymous masses are the ones that are the when you can start drawing them in, you know, there's there's a feeling of accomplishment, you know. There's here's somebody who never knew anything about me and all of a sudden they're listening to a a, a podcast and probably getting TMI'd to death, but yes, I brought that right to a screeching halt. Screeching halt. <laughs> I was waiting for Scott to bring up the, his next point. It's okay. I'll fill it up with sound effects. And <laughs> oh, are you doing this one? Oh, oh, and that's another thing is figure out who's going to edit an episode. I don't, yeah. <laughs> you can do it if you want. I, it, it, I, it doesn't matter to me. You already said you had it now. You're stuck. <laughs> I see. It was a trap. It's a trap. Yeah, you see, I was just going to say, but there you, you saved me actually going and getting the Admiral Akbar. And that's, 
and that's a classic one of like a, a lot of people want to throw it's a trap in there and it's a trap can be funny but 90% of like when you go onto the internet and look for it's a trap sounds like this <laughs> my dog just looked at me funny? like I'm crazy that's <laughs> true yeah, that was that was the first thing on my list was tips on promos. <laughs> you must have them, but have mercy. Yeah, uh, just, you I know, mean, and there's a hundred different ways to to pimp your show. You can go, you can do it through uh, the Fire and Water podcast uh, that Shag co-hosts with Rob Kelly is masterful at using social media to promote itself. In a way that I, I just don't know how they have time to do it because they have Twitter, they're on Google Plus, they're on Facebook. Oh. You know, they have their own. They have two different blogs that they do that they use to promote it. I mean, it's it's just amazing. And then those are the ways that you promote the show. You know, get a page on Facebook. Don't. I'm going to say this as somebody who recently discovered the, the the that it was probably better to do it this way in the first place. Set up a page. Don't set up a separate account for the right. page. Mainly because if you set up a page, you can deal with that page through your own Facebook account that you have. Uh, if you have a separate account, uh, you know, first name from crisis, last name to crisis, you have to log in there. You have to deal with the spam. You got to do with all this other stuff. It's so much easier to just create a page for yourself. Uh, and get all this stuff up while you're prepping your first episode. That way, when you launch, you've got every, you've got all your ducks in a row that you can put it in the end tag that Scott was talking about. That way, immediately, they can talk to you through email, through Facebook, through Twitter, however you want to do it, uh, and just get that all set up right away. At, at this exact point in time, it seems like um, Facebook is the way most people like to do it you know that could be you know a year from now somebody listening to this would be just like facebook <laughs> but at this point it seems like most people are I, I mean this is something that drives me nuts personally it, it is uh we we had our forum and that was our number one communication and I have just not been able to keep up with it because most people are on Facebook. So I keep up with the Facebook and I've been neglecting the forum. And there's, you know, there's a handful of people in the forum who are never going to get on Facebook who are just probably like, where did everybody go? <laughs> why, why aren't there any? Because it used to be just postings every day and I can't keep up with, with, all, with that many different social medias at once. So, I think it's mostly because Shag is just, uh, I'll put it nicely, it's his personality. <laughs> his quote-unquote personality. <laughs> Shag has a personality? Yeah, well, it's, it's the, you know, a uh, uh, Twitter type of personality. Oh, I gotcha. You know, not in person. <laughs> yeah, that's for damn sure. You know, you guys know. Everybody's ever listened, they know. He's one of them special cases. <laughs> Everybody just nods. Oh, yeah, Shag. Okay. But it works for him. <laughs> hey, but it looks good on you. <laughs> so you've got your concept. You've got 
some of your little, uh, you know, you're, you're getting your social media and your, your website together and all that, which again, we'll probably get into more a little later. Now you got to record the damn thing. Um, and this is where it can get expensive and complicated. Uh, in my opinion, the thing is, is that you really have to decide up front how dedicated you are to this. Do not run out and buy expensive equipment to do your uh, podcast if you don't if you're not absolutely sure you're going to stick to it. When I first as started, as a matter of fact, when you first start, just don't do it anyway. Even if you are, even if you are dedicated, start start with some of the cruder stuff, and because it will force you to make yourself sound better, to work to make yourself sound better, and then work yourself at you know. Unless you're rich and can just plop money down on microphones and stuff, then you know, go to town. And awesome. soundboards uh, and all that kind all of that. stuff. Soundboards, I think, are almost absolutely unnecessary at this yeah. this point. Unless you're trying to do some sort of live show where you want to drop stuff in live. Well, the, my first microphone was a ten dollars stick microphone. Mm-hmm. Now you can really tell when you listen to the early views mm-hmm. that it's a ten dollars stick microphone. And but Scott it got and me. I were on like ten fifteen dollar headsets, you know. And then I got into a analog headset that worked out pretty good, and then I upgraded to a digital headset uh, because digital will give you clearer sound. And then. Four years into it, I dropped a hundred dollars on a blue snowball microphone. But notice that I said four years into mm-hmm. it. That was I didn't, when you were like, I might as well at this point, right? You know, because yeah, you're 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 wanting to improve your own quality. But if you're just starting out, I'm I'm going to be completely honest with you. People, in my experience, when people listen to a podcast for the first time expectations on sound quality are usually not super high. <laughs> you know, you want to be able to understand it, but it's not like, I think when you, when you download a amateur podcast, you're expecting that it's going to sound, it's not going to sound like, you know, NPR or yeah, something. It's going to have a little Wayne's world to it. Yeah. So, you know, s- stress about it, but don't kill yourself and don't kill your wallet for it. Because microphones are rather inexpensive. The, you know, the program that I think all of us use uh, on this show and a lot of other shows that use to edit the show is Audacity. Not me. And uh, I want to get them off the Audacity eventually. But to to start out with, yeah, it's free. (laughs) Free! And it's it's pretty powerful for being free. You can do... You can, and, and you, you're going to have to play with it. If you don't know anything about audio editing, the learning curve is quite extreme. But eventually you'll start learning things like the envelope tool, which will allow you to fade out music under you so that it's not the same volume as you are. You know, you'll you'll learn the different echo effects, the different... Uh, one, one thing that I've had to use a lot recently because of it's hot as balls in Georgia is using noise removal as a tool to get the fan sound out of the show. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's, it's not as advanced as it Why sounds. Why don't you just have your intern stand over you with those big leaf things and, and fan <laughs> you? That's what I don't I, understand. The Cabana <sighs> Boys. Well, look, you know, I, I, I've told you all a thousand times, DeMonzo sends the 
underage Laotian prostitutes. I can't tell if they're men or girls, but a uh, boy or girls. But my <laughs> wife doesn't let him in the house, so I don't really have a chance to check under the hood. If you could you rig up it. some sort of Rube Girl- Goldberg thing where your dogs <laughs> like jump on a bellows and it <laughs> and, uh, dispenses a dog kibble. <laughs> but, but in all honesty, doing the you know the nuts and bolts of the actual recording and all that, you know. It, it, it takes a, a little bit to learn it, especially if, you, uh, if you're like me and knew nothing about audio editing when you walked into it. Uh, you know, once you get it, it's a lot of fun to play with at that point. And then you can sit there and get like really hardcore about, you know, dropping in music and stuff like that. But, you know, when you're just starting out, the best thing you can do is record a test show that you'll never release. Record it play with it, get all the kinks out of your system. That way, when you go into your first official episode, a lot of the rough edges are smoothed off already. And you can go into it a little more confident. And this this is something that nobody really would want to do, but a lot of people end up doing it. And it ends up being really helpful early on that same episode. Do it, edit it, listen to it, then do it again. Do it over yeah. again. And then yeah, listen to the that. two of them side by side, and you'll hear how all of a sudden the, the points that you hit in the first one, you're hitting them a lot faster and smoother on the second one because you've already edited it and listened to it in your head, and it's yep. just a good lesson on composing your thoughts and 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 all that. There's been many times... Well, you see, the reason we didn't do it out of self-discipline, we did it out of, like... I. I don't know what happened to my recorder, but we just lost that whole show. And then we'll be like, all right, well, let's do it again. And you just spent two hours doing something and you start doing it over again. And it's almost like replaying a tape. You know, you back up your memory, but you start chopping out all the awkward parts that you hit the first time. <laughs> Going, oh, I'm not going to make that mistake again. And then you end up with a show that's like, 50% shorter <laughs> than the first one you did, but with all the same stuff in it. I think losing a recording early in your podcasting career is actually one it's of the great. coolest things that yeah. can happen to you because, yeah. yeah, it sucks at the time, but if you've got the dedication to turn around right then and there and re-record that thing at 3 o'clock in the morning, you are generally going to be much tighter and have a much better show on that be a little angry if you're but yeah (laughs) that's true (laughs) i've heard many a show that started out about like started out with all right here we go again but once you start getting into it you know you you forget about that you know take two (laughs) i'm just gonna say at the top of of the show that we just did this whole show but something went wrong and you know i've heard that so many times and you know you hear it at the beginning, but then after a while they get you get back into the the flow of things, and you're you're and sometimes it ends up being a lot better even. Yep. I I mean many times Scott and I have done that, and when we were done, we'd be like, "Oh shit, it's four o'clock in the morning," but that went really well. Yep. If you're using Audacity when you download the program for whatever operating system you have. Uh, you also immediately down something, download something called lame.dll and put that in a folder somewhere. 
because that's the thing that allows for some, for some reason in audacity you can compress that thing into wave you can compress it into lossless you can press it into whatever the hell oog is and i just like saying it's another oog. lossless yeah. um format but you can't do mp3s and you're gonna want to do mp3s mm-hmm. and you're gonna want to when you compress it do it at around you know there, there's different uh bits per second or whatever it's called you can tell how much i pay attention uh the higher that is the bigger the file is because the better you know the 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 less compression you're actually doing with it um i do mine at 96 and it seems to work out pretty well i don't know what you guys use 96 is is where 96 i found gets you that perfect for us blend of sound quality without making the file too big I would say there's a lot of people who burn it, you know, a lot lower than that because, say, they're on Libsyn and they have a limited amount of bandwidth, and uh, you know, so they're trying to save space. So they'll end up with podcasts that are like, our podcasts seem to average at 96. It seems to sort of, depending on what you're using, to convert it into the MP, the 96 MP3. Um, it seems to work out to be about one megabyte per minute. So if you have one that's an hour long, it's going to be about 60, 65 megabytes. And that seems to be uh, something that people don't have a problem downloading. If you go higher than that, you know, you end up with with shows that'll be a quarter of a gig, you know. And some people just don't have room on their iPods, or they don't have the t- they have a slow connection, so it takes them forever to download it. But um, you can definitely go lower than 96 and still have it sound decent. But 96 seems to be about one to one, as close as my ears can can judge it to what it sounds like when you record it, you know, and when you have your master wave file of it. You know, 96, it's a little quieter, you know, and it's a little, it, MP3s compress all the sound, which actually makes people's voices a little clearer and stuff. But it usually sounds pretty much like what it sounds like when you were, when you're editing it and listening to it. So I, I like that. You know, if you're doing, but we have a lot of music in our podcasts and stuff yeah. like that. If, if it's just people talking, you can take it down a lot lower and not really make it unpleasant to listen, you know, to the point of where it's just like, oh, Jesus, sounds awful, you know. It might sound a little bit muddy at first, but your ears adjust when you're listening to something like that. And five minutes into the podcast, you don't notice if it's crystal clarity or not. But when you're going to put music in and stuff, or you're going to have like a group call with six or seven people on it, you, you, you want to maybe try a little higher quality because especially with music because music goes south really quick especially when you're coupling it with talking and getting more complicated sound going on the more you compress it the more it just turns into a muddy wash of sound sometimes 
and the... yeah, you lose everything. Uh, you also kind of have to have a discussion with your computer. <laughs> That's a, yeah. Uh, now, I, again, in, in the vein of don't go out there <laughs> and spend a lot of money. Do not go out and buy the top of the line computer if you're just getting into it. Well, if you're gonna just if you're just buying that computer just to podcast, don't do it. Yeah. If you if you can afford the top of the line computer, or you're gonna be doing other stuff and you need it, the more the fat the more RAM you got and the faster your computer is. Yeah. The, the easier your life, especially with with um, Audacity, takes up a good bit of you know system resources yeah. and all that yeah you you want a decent you know if, if you do have a computer that has a slower processor or doesn't have a lot of ram uh have, it's have just going to take locations. longer yeah it's it's just going to take longer to do everything uh when i the first computer i used had a you know a pretty standard dual core processor with 3 gigs of ram when i bought my new computer uh, I had a little bit of money to play with, and there was one on clearance. It has an i5 processor and four gigs of RAM, and suddenly my compressing time when you're compressing the the, the episode into the MP3 yeah you're like ooh that's cut over in half yeah you're uh, like it's over wow and the the slower your computer is the more likely audacity is to crash. Mm-hmm. Now luckily with the newer versions of audacity they actually kind of save everything for you so if it does crash it'll bring everything right back up without you having to do too much but it's still a giant pain in the ass and there's the heart you know stopping moment of where you're doing something and all of a sudden it freezes and your computer starts doing a little circle thing and, and it's the screen goes white the yeah. and it's just like holy holy crap what's going on you're just like so, I'm, I'm losing sleep over this it's 3 in the morning and now everything's gonna die are you kidding me so you know especially with the newer versions um, you know it's it, it's better to, to have a nicer computer it's not mandatory uh, another tool that I use uh, especially you know right now we're all on Skype we're recording the conversation I use a program called Powergrammo which had some problems with it, but now those thankfully seem to have worked themselves out. But the problem is, is that when we're all recording, for some reason, Power Grandma will make Chris's voice just quieter for some reason. If I just throw that wave file into Audacity to uh, to edit it, mm-hmm. so I use a program called Levelator. It's completely free, and this was recommended to me by uh, John Butel of the Unique Geek. Uh, and basically what it does is it takes everybody's levels and makes them equal. So it, it just it just makes your sound quality that much better when you scrub it through leveling. And when you you're gonna get a end lot it- of store-bought, like, so like store-bought, like I've got the um, Adobe audio, that's, you'll have a, an effect like that where you can do that and, and bring everybody's voices to the same level. That's a so, big problem. So and, and that's just so that you know you know if, if you have a you know the three of us are on here, 
all of a sudden my voice is really low like this and you really can't hear anything but chris and everybody else is okay it's kind of distracting when you're listening you're creeping me out man well it's also <laughs> it's also then the person goes and cranks up their volume to hear you and then all of a sudden <laughs> the next person comes in and blasts out their you know and everybody thinks they're like blaring music in their car or something or looking over at them like or or at the office you know they have their headphones on and all of a sudden you hear this overdriven voice coming out because they keep having to turn it up and down to hear the different people talk <laughs> and it's always like that old george carlin routine the, the the first thing anyone hears is and i'm gonna get my testicles laminated so <laughs> no one wants to hear that so you know it, Audio editing is the toughest part. Um, prepping a show, getting your notes together. I advise notes. Uh, yes. It sounds know, like homework, but it's fun homework. Um, I fully script my solo shows. Uh, my goal is to get you to not realize that I have fully scripted my uh, my solo shows. But... Uh, the exact opposite. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I, cause basically I will, I will get diarrhea of the mouth and run off and lose my point. I, and and it, if it's just as basic as having an outline of, we're going to talk about this, 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 and this, it keeps you on point. And, you know, if you have research, uh, especially if you're Skyping with people, you can't have a bunch of internet windows open because it screws up the recording sometimes mm-hmm. and it lags the call and then suddenly you sound like you know you're freaking r2d2 yeah i mean and... that's that's such and i i want to stop and stress that that's <laughs> so important that a lot of people figure and and this is gonna that i'm gonna add on to that with when you're doing a podcast unless for some reason on that podcast you need to access Google or you need to IM the people that through Skype that you're podcasting with. Don't sit there and surf the internet and stuff and clickety clack away and you're 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 using up your computer's resources and you're going to lag the call. Your clicks are coming in through the you're you're distracting yourself. Yeah. And then you're yeah. going to go what uh what were we talking about and stuff yeah, exactly. like that. Keep Keep focused when you're doing a podcast. Do it. Don't 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 sort of do it like you're chatting with your friends with a window open and you're and you're looking at naked pictures. I I didn't name any names. Yeah, I was about to say this is what I like to call the Scott Gardner stop not not telling Scott Gardner to stop looking at stop looking at Photoshop to stop looking at porn. So (laughs) sorry. No, I mean. All of this is is awesome advice, and I, it, it dovetails with one of my strongest pieces of uh, advice. And I know that uh, Andy Leyland is a, is a huge proponent of this as well. Along with the note of edit, 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 is listen, 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 listen to this shit before you put it out on the airwaves. Listen. I wonder. I wonder sometimes with some shows if the people listen to it before they put it out there and i'll tell you when i have the time i will listen to shows sometimes three and four times in different formats to make sure that everything sounds okay i'll listen to it in my car on the way to work 
I'll listen to it with my headphones on. And a lot of times I'll listen to it while I'm getting ready for work, which means when the sink is running, when the shower is running, when the hair dryer is running, because I, here's my ideal is that I got hooked on podcasting when I was working in an actual factory in a factory environment with a lot of ambient noise going on and having to wear, um, we call them earmuffs, but it's not really earmuffs it's you know, hearing protectors and trying to be able to hear the podcast while simultaneously straining out all that extraneous noise that was going around, you know, going on around me from the factory environment. So I still have that mindset of that's how somebody out there's probably having to listen to me and, and my shows. So I tend to put the volume up a little bit and things like that. So listen to your shows to make sure that you've not only done the proper editing, but that you have a balance in the shows, like the guys were talking about with the voices, that you don't have one person that's really, really quiet. And then somebody else comes on and blows your eardrums out. Level that shit out. And you can do that all in the editing process. But also, can your show be heard? If I've got to crank the volume all the way up on my MP3 player and then plug it into the car stereo and turn the car stereo all the way up to hear it, you're probably not at a very good sound level. So, you know, it's little tricks like that, making sure you're listening back over it. Also, to make sure that the things that you edited into the show, like the music or the sound effects or the funny little sound drop, actually hit in the right place. Right. Because sometimes, for whatever reason, Audacity especially likes to play little tricks on you and everything sounded cool when you were editing it. But then when you down mix it all to, you know, the 96 kilobyte per second MP3, all of a sudden some of those things may have moved around on you a little bit. And if you just compress it and throw it out there on the, on the Internet and you never listen to it ahead of time, surprise, all of a sudden you've got an episode that's all screwed up and your musical cues are in the wrong places. Well, it happens. It's happened to us before. So. I've, ma I've made a habit now uh, from learning in early episodes of where I had a three hour episode and I was like, you know, I'm just going to have faith here and throw some music down and all of a sudden and and put this together and not listen to every second of it and all of a sudden you put you know you put this episode up and it's like oh wait we were supposed to cut that whole part out of there <laughs> i forgot all about that yeah, yeah. and uh oh that's the umpteenth umpteenth time that i said that about michael bailey and meant to so, cut that shit out of there too so now i listen to him you know and I listen i'm, to him I'm as i'm glad he doesn't listen to our show as i'm editing i'm it. sorry i was too busy surfing the internet well, it was funny. <laughs> Just on Facebook, we had somebody talking about listening to a podcast where someone was eating, which is something we're guilty of every once in a while. We loved and talking about food and eating food. But he said there was like smacking of lips and, you know, long periods of just um, um, um. That person probably didn't listen to their show. Right. Definitely probably didn't listen to their show through headphones. When you're editing, there's. Um, there's a huge difference of what you hear through your if you're editing with headphones on and if you're editing you know say you're listening through the speakers that you have in next to your computer there's a huge difference and especially when you're putting music in and mm -hmm. stuff like that and you want to try it out on both something that yeah, sounds it's actually clear on headphones it's actually why i edit with my earbuds 
Yeah, um, I do too. In all honesty, because it's cause funny that, to see that because I do that too. Yes. Yeah, it's the closest you're going to get to somebody listening to their their iPhone or their, their right. yeah. Android phone or whatever. Uh, uh, the so, whole reason I started doing that is because I would edit with the headphones I'm wearing now, the recording headphones. I'd be u- wearing those in the editing process and dropping in music and getting all the levels right. And then I'd go back and listen to it when it was the finished MP3 and be like, God damn it, this music's too loud. Yeah. And so, yeah, I learned to edit with the earbuds to get them mostly for the music, to make sure the music was actually at the right volume. For some reason, it's right with earbuds. It's not so good with uh, with the headphones on. My, my, I use old, like, Walkman-style, you know, crappy headphones mm-hmm. to do the first edit, to do, to edit it. And then when I'm done editing it, and before I burn it off, I go back through to all the places where I... I've done edits and done things and have sound bites and just go over them, but I go over those. I, I go over it with the ambient in my room, you know, with just the speakers, right? To, to see to make sure that the music levels aren't too high or too quiet, and that I can hear it like that. And usually with the mix of those two, I like to think that's where I get a good happy medium. But yeah, it's funny. That's that's funny that all three of us are, you know, edit and consumer level stuff rather than getting like studio headphones and all that. But that's what that's what people are going to listen to. People aren't going to be like, okay, I've got my new Sirwin Vegas speakers and my, you know, fancy. That's for music, you know. It's this is cars, iPods, and and computers <laughs> you know at work so you sort of have to tailor it for as such the uh to go in a little more into the editing process if you're going to use music in your show uh if at all possible try to avoid music that has lyrics vocals and the, yes and the only reason I, uh, you know, that has vocals. And the only reason I say that is sometimes you're sitting there, you're listening to somebody talk, and then they're playing a pretty kick-ass song, and suddenly you're listening to the song. Yep. And you've missed like two minutes of the show. Yep. And then the uh, the, the vocals of the song and the person talking just turn into one like gobbledygook. Uh, some people, you know, we got three people on the call right now that do various degrees of scoring. I like to think that Scott Gardner is a master at it, whereas I am barely adequate, uh, which is why a lot of my shows aren't fully scored like what Scott does. Uh, so to your basically score to your aptitude, um, sometimes just dropping music in is fine, and sometimes that can get distracting. But the, the, the most important thing to remember is that there is a little tool called the envelope tool. And when you click on it on Audacity, suddenly everything's got like a box around it. And you can sit there and you can click that and make the music softer. So when you're playing your intro music, for example, and you want to come in, you can take the end of your intro music, use the envelope tool, crank it down, but do so at a bell curve, as it's called. Because then the music goes out... Uh, gradually, instead of and suddenly you're talking, it gets kind of yeah, it's kind of distracting. So, and I would suggest 
start fading it before the vocal track comes mm-hmm. in. That way it's a little quiet, and then when you're coming in, you sound a little better than when you're trying to come in when it's at full volume, and suddenly your hey, everybody, is kind of drowned out by the music. That's that's the one thing about Audacity. That's the one fly in the ointment, as far as I'm concerned, that when you, go, when you move from Audacity on to, say... Or if you're on a Mac and you're using like GarageBand, which is built into it, but you could be using Audacity on a Mac, but um, or you start using, you know, something store-bought or Cakewalk or something like that, then all of a sudden when you have music, you have a track, and underneath, instead of having to go through an envelope filter or something, you just have a little graph down at the bottom, and you put points on it to to tip the music down, and you can tip it at a at a gentler angle, you know, to make it fade out slower, or you could, you know, drop it straight down to have it just end, or whatever, and it gives you that. That's the only thing that Audacity, and I don't know if that's a software thing, where it just, you know, in the more, the store-bought ones, they put it in there because it's harder to do or something, or if Audacity is hobbling itself or whatever, but that's... That's the hardest thing. I've heard many people struggling with, you know, an intro to their show and they have music playing and they want to have vocals in there too, you know. You know, and now introducing this show and and you have the music fading up and down and and they're doing all sorts of things and it's just becomes a lot of work. So but I'm glad I have two experts on Audacity here because that's what everybody uses. And also a note on why Scott Gardner is a master of scoring. It's because he knows the music that he's putting underneath it. So right. When I, I mean, a dramatic swell somewhere, you go, you have that encyclopedic knowledge where you go, oh, I can pull out <laughs> this piece and that this part, it goes, bah, 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 and you know, you can put it right in there you guys make me swell headed about it but it it, all it really comes down to is that's my music i mean it's as simple as that that's what i listen to it so i don't i don't have to look it up somewhere when i'm like chris said i I need a piece of music it comes to my mind a little bit freer whereas other people are listening to whatever they're listening to that's the music i listen to all the time when i am listening to music so i have to search through stuff and listen to it a lot of times to find appropriate like when i do walking dead wednesday i try to put like horror music in it but sometimes but like i know as often i think if i were scott gardner i would be able to you know i'm looking through horror soundtracks and sampling them to say is this appropriate for background music and I, and I wish that I was Scott because I could go, well, I don't necessarily need horror music because this one segment of, you know, this movie, which you wouldn't expect it to, is really dark and would sound really good here, in, you know, and it would save me a lot of time. But that's that's one of your areas of expertise. And Yeah, I, I'm going to be completely honest. Um, most of the time, if something really gels with my scoring uh it's a happy accident it's 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 just <laughs> luck and that's an editing thing that people will find is sometimes sometimes you'll do things where things line up and you're just like 
thinking people are going to think I'm a genius. <laughs> I probably shouldn't admit this on the air that, you know, they'll go, you know, you're, you're thinking people are going to hear this and they're going to go crazy because there's no way you would have orchestrated it <laughs> on your own. You know, all of a sudden this thing happens where everything lines up perfectly and you're just like, okay, I'm going to leave it there and let people think that I totally meant to do that. The old Pee Wee Herman flip off the bike. It happens a lot. I learned that in film editing. I had a teacher who was just like, if you put something with a beat under a movie that's been edited, nine out of ten times people will think that you wrote that music for for that movie, you know? Right. Right. But if you're going to do scoring, it does help to know, you know, know your material to to do it and sort of stay in there to... And to amass a library. Amass I would just say a yeah, amass a library, but more than anything, just if you're using music, and I think we learned this in episode one, our very first episode mm-hmm. we did, is match the music to the mood. Match the music to the tone that you're... Because music is already a powerful medium. But when you're talking about a podcast, you're working with one, one of your senses. That's it. Just sound. So music becomes that much more powerful than it would ordinarily be in, like, say, a movie. I mean, we all know how powerful music is in a movie like, say, Jaws. The music is a character. It's the shark in most of that movie. So you, you right there is a, an extraordinary example of how powerful music is. Now you take a medium like podcasting where sound is the the only sense that you're using and you put music in there, music becomes that much more powerful. So if you're carrying a conversation with someone or you're doing a synopsis or you're just having a discussion and you put music in there, whatever that music is, is either going to complement the tone of whatever it is that you're going over, or it's going to completely destroy it. And nine times out of 10, not to sound like, you know, put myself on a pedestal, because I I think I do a fair job. Sometimes I've listened back to things much later after we've released them and go, you know, I wish I'd use this piece instead of that piece, but a lot of times what I hear is that people are just dumping music into the background just to, I don't know. I Sometimes I think it's to maybe mask, like they think that the content's not strong enough to carry on its own. So they're dumping music in there to maybe mask a little bit of what they perceive as, I don't know, unprofessional or not up to the, the standard that they want or something. Because... Or they, admit, or, or, or they just want music. Or they just want music in there. the idea of it, yeah. you know. Because we suffered a little bit from both of those things in the early days of our show, I think. That, that for one, we knew right out of the... That yeah. We wanted... We, we wanted we we music. Conscious decision. We wanted music. So I was editing that first one, and I found myself in the position of, all right, I want music. And then I ran into the vocals problem, where it's like, if you use stuff with vocals in it, it interrupts so i was like all right what music do i have so i was going through my rock and roll collection looking for instrumental tracks 
which was ending up being stuff that was more instrumentals that you would want to listen to on their own rather than have them as background music mm-hmm. more you know like soundtrack music scored music and I mean within a month I had gotten a package from you with just <laughs> soundtrack after soundtrack and that's when we got moving on the on the right on our background music and I think over the years we've just learned when when to use more and when to use less and I think as time yeah. goes on we use less and less we do we use a lot less and we pepper it here and there and it may sound like we're using the same amount but we're we're, we're doing less than than we used to because we used to use music, I think, a lot of times. I'll admit, in a lot of my earliest episodes where I was editing the shows, because we still do more or less a 50-50 split of the month. You know, in the shows that I would edit, a lot of them I would use music to kind of mask things more than I was using it to set a tone. Now... I've scaled way back on the use of music throughout the overall episode, but I'll give you a perfect example of what I think the power of music is and and how it really works well. Listen to, I'm trying to remember exactly what the episode number was, but it was the last full coverage of Star Wars, Marvel Comics Star Wars on Star Wars Monthly Monday. It was epi- It was like Star Wars Monthly Monday, either 51 or 52. I'm thinking 51, yeah. I think it's 51. And listen to the mu- use of music in that because essentially music is used during our regular discussion to enhance or set a mood And then in the rest of the episode, as with most of the Star Wars Monthly Mondays now, it's used only in synopses so that the synopses feel a little bit more like a movie. A story is being told and the music is helped telling that story and setting the mood of action or drama or suspense or romance or whatever, just like a movie would. And then as soon as that synopsis ends, and the regular discussion of the issue begins, the music stops until it's time for either a break or the next synopsis. And that's the way I've started using music in those shows. I think it works a heck of a lot better than just have some soundtrack playing underneath us the entire discussion like we kind of used to do. And I still hear a lot of shows that do that. And because I'm so film score minded when I hear those shows a lot of times I'm sorry it completely distracts me I end up paying more attention to the movie or excuse me to the music and wondering why they chose that particular piece and how it's distracting from the mood of the conversation we used to get emails yeah we did we got a lot of where people would be like i like your show but every once in a while i get distracted and start listening to the music and have to back up and hear what you guys actually said (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah we used to get a lot about that well the, the the earliest episodes uh we got a number of emails just telling us flat out you know i don't want music hate the music yeah so yeah and once Scott had those people killed, yep, things Everything went a lot smoother yeah. after yeah. that. <laughs> things are good. 
Yeah, once you take out the uh, the people that don't like your show, then you're usually golden. <laughs> so you make it sound so easy. So you've got your show, you've got everything scored to the extent you want to score it. You've got your intro, you've got your outro, you've got your MP3, all set to go. How do you get it to people? And there's a couple different ways to go with it. I will tell my bass backwards way of doing it after Chris explain Chris and Scott explain the wonders of Libsyn. So, oh well, we were on Libsyn all, right up until recently, and yeah. really, I don't have much bad to say about Libsyn, other than it cost a shitload of money for us because we were just putting out so much material and adding shows, and and then the shows we added, they were prolific. And we were always running up. I mean, towards the, towards the end of it, well, the last three years on Libsyn, we were paying $70 a month to put out all the podcasts and still getting to the point of where we're running out of space. Now that's not having paying $70 a month for people to listen to you. I want, I want people to wrap their minds around that concept for a moment. That's yeah. paying folks to listen to you not having folks pay you so that you can put the show up and they can listen to right. it. I mean, while we have always had very generous listeners and very generous donations, right. at the end of the day, you know, well, Chris, and, it was mostly on Chris added, being out of pocket for the show. We so. also we also added Amazon to the mix, and Amazon cut that about in half. Most ever, you know, once we started doing Amazon, between that and people donating money... That would eat up about half of it. So it was, you know, costing out of pocket, you know, 30. But it was still, it was costing out of pocket per month. Ha- but having said all that. It's probably your best option at first. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Lips you don't, and, and you don't have, you can do $5 a month, you know. Yeah. Because that's the nice thing about Lipson as opposed to things like Podomatic. Podomatic will eventually cut off old episodes from your iTunes feed. Because they won't host them anymore. Uh, it's a problem, I think, that uh, Andy and Michael went through over in um, over on uh, Hey Kids, Kids Comics. Comics. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, there's very reasonable packages when you're starting out because you're not starting out. I hate to say this, usually when you start out, you don't have thousands of downloads. Uh, you know, you know, per episode. So, or, or you're not putting out a lot of content. So it works out, you know, well to start with Lipson because Lipson gives you a site, uh, like a home base for your show. It also gives you, it also sends the show to iTunes for you, so you don't usually have to worry about that if I'm correct. And uh, it, it's very, I, I think, to a novice, it's kind of user friendly. Oh yeah, uh, for you know? sure. So those are the three like big things in Lipson's favor. Um, I didn't do that. <laughs> I actually, uh, at first, a friend was hosting my episodes, and I had to create uh, my own XML feed, and that's the that's basically the subscription feed for people. Mm-hmm. And I have to type, I, and I still use it, still use the same template. I type out, you know, I, I do a little cutting and pasting, but you're basically you type out all your information, you send that, you upload that to a server. And then that goes uh, to something I'll get to in a minute called Feed Burner. Uh, and then 
that goes to iTunes and the show is out there basically. Uh, eventually, I started using a, a company called Lunar Pages to host my own websites. And that gives me server space. The nice thing about hosting the show on your own is that if you've got a good deal going with uh, whoever is your hosting company, you can pretty much put out as much content as you want. And it's pretty competitive. There's a lot of places fighting for your business. So you can find places where pretty much the sky's... That's where we're at now. The sky's the limit, pretty much. There's just no way... I mean, we could probably theoretically max out our bandwidth here, but I don't think it's humanly possible as far well, as it, it shows it, fast enough. It, it actually is. The Spider-Man Crawl Space went through this recently. Where the 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 shared hosting that they were using, the show was drawing it was taking away from other websites that were also using the right. same server. So you can run into that problem. But that's kind of a good problem because it means a yeah. lot of people are listening to you. Exactly. But you are kind of free to do whatever you want if you host the show yourself. You know. Lipson will give you tracking numbers on how many people are downloading a particular episode, and they'll do that over time. Uh, if you host it yourself, you have to figure out a way to do that. Mm -hmm. So if you are going to host it yourself, and you're going to do it the way I did it, which is a little different, I think, from how 2TrueFreaks.com is set up right now, mm -hmm. is that I will create an XML file for my show, you know, where it has all the information for iTunes, has the episode information, you know, where to download it from. And it's basically HTML coding. So if you're not comfortable with that, this may not be the way you want yeah, to do if, it. If you hear that and go, what? Then, yeah, that's not <laughs> the way. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> the. But if well, you, but if, but if you can figure it out and can do it, you're also going to want to hook up with something called FeedBurner. And that's through, it's a Google service. And basically, FeedBurner gives you a secondary XML feed. This is, this is the technical portion of the show, and I'm sorry if I lose people. But you create the XML feed, you upload it to your server. You take that web address of that XML feed, and you put that into FeedBurner, which gives you another web address for the XML feed. That second one is the one you will send to iTunes. Because after that, when you upload it to your server, it automatically goes to the feed burner, which automatically goes to iTunes, and that's how you track down how many people are subscribing to your show and how many downloads per episode you're getting. And that's uh, very important to track if you care about that stuff. It, it's very interesting to... Even if you're like, I don't care how many people. It's very interesting to see who's downloading you from where. It's just like, wow, there's somebody in, you know, Saigon just downloaded my podcast. You know, it's very interesting. Yeah, that that, and I think I think we've all had this where you, like, the one episode you never thought would get that many downloads. Yeah, you look at it, you go, what the what, huh? What the hell? That was very popular. Yeah, Scott and I did a few of those where we thought they were going to tank, and they ended up being some of our most popular episodes. Yeah, I, I look at you like, um, I think the, the, the great starter, or if you're just going to do, a, like, once a week or once a, 
once or twice a month podcast. Libsyn is perfect for you. And then you did it like the sort of DIY way. You did it the indie way. You've got your fingers in all the processes of it, which in a way is ideal because if something goes wrong, you know how to get it. You, You know what's going on with it or you know or you you know the process from beginning to end and what can go wrong well you can mistype your xml feed and that screws everything up. Mm-hmm. so then you got to go back and see where you screwed it up um scott and i did it the hollywood way <laughs> which is which is get other people to do it <laughs> which i personally think is the best way you know, but uh, and, and we say that and laugh, but I mean, it, it was you know we got other people to do it. We, we we found people who knew what they were doing, because I'm not opposed to like entering into a learning curve and learning something, but there's only so much time, and I knew mm-hmm. there was no way Scott and I were gonna have the time to to work from a host up. You know, and figure out all that stuff and then work the kinks out of it. I knew we needed an expert. So we got Mike. I I knew we had to have some people out there with just some massive amounts uh, of time on their hands. Because, come on, they're listening to us. You know, (laughs) they've got to have time on their hands. And um, um, so we, we got somebody who's Mike Boyles, who we should plug him as, who does Mike's Amazing World. Mm-hmm. To uh, you know, what we did was we we found a hosting service that that uh, sounded like it would work for us, and then that hosting service. Now, a lot of times, if you want to do it on your own, the hosting service will have templates and stuff for your website. They'll have things where you go in and you just sort of can plug in the name of your website and find different templates that look different ways and do it. So you could do it yourself. But I knew we were gonna need a sort of custom-built sort of thing for our what we were doing, and uh, so Mike's made websites. You know, for, he does it for a living. So what he had to do for us was, you know, minuscule compared. Although I imagine it still was a big pain in the ass. But he was kind enough to to do it, and and we actually sort of split it up between him and Kelly Logue and. And J. David Weeder was uploading stuff, and Kelly Logue was managing, because we have like 30 shows now, so he was managing all the individual iTunes feeds. And a lot of this might not be practical to people because you may not be, you're probably not going to be managing 30 different shows and, and all that, you know, big time stuff like Two True Freaks. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> But, you know, at the same rate, I mean, I would always encourage people that there's a number of podcasting networks out there like ours. Yeah. That's always an option to you, too. See about possibly, you know, making some friends and making the right connections well, in, well, in podcasting. It sounds really complicated. On a network. It sounds really complicated, but the good thing about it is is you, you also set up a support network. Mm-hmm. other people who are also sharing in the work oh, and stuff and yeah. yeah it is sort of like a big AA meeting and and they're re- uh, but they're also recruiting too so you have more people to <laughs> spread the word you know and you can you can explore different topics and that I mean a lot of it 
came from Scott and I going, man, I wish we had a show about this and knowing that we'd never have time to do it. Right. And it was, or it would be just a little bit or, of or the, uh, house. Or the opposite going, I'm so tired of people asking us to do yes. a show about this. Let's get somebody else to do the I never want to do a show about that. I yes. never want to talk about that subject and, ever. Uh, and that's what having a network, what makes a network great is. Yeah. And I, I love being surprised by, you know, a new show pop up that it used to be, you know, if there was going to be a new Two True Freak show, somebody would have to mail me their MP3 and their picture for the show and I would set it all up. So I was always in on it, you know, so I was always like, oh, now I'll get up in the morning and it's like there's three shows that I had no <laughs> nothing to do with that are just sitting there. It's awesome. And, uh, and, and then listening to it and going, wow, this, I had nothing to do with this. And here it is just fully formed out of the air. Now, if we can only get it to where we don't have to do a goddamn thing. (laughs) It's getting there. I've tried to train Bill Robinson into doing both of our voices. So we could just send him (laughs) scripts and (laughs) Bill Robinson, or as I like to call him, my replacement. So, oh, that's not true. <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding, dude. Better start working on your Arnold impression, man. Yeah, it's <laughs> cold say. world out there. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys have anything else uh, that we want to want to get out there. I my biggest... we could go on for four hours. Uh... Oh, you, my... you, real quick, you had touched on the thing about the envelope tool. I just want to mention the other envelope tool where you actually go get an envelope and take 20 bucks out of mom's purse and address it to two true freaks. <laughs> I like that envelope tool. All right, Soupy Sales. The only important thing that I'd like that I would be remiss not covering in this show are when you have Skype group calls. Um, there's a few rules of thumb. If you're going to have a lot of people, you know, have everybody kill their, all their browsers, um, put a, put a, you know, strict rule on people using the mute, their microphone. When, when like the, the three of us, if I have to like have a coughing fit or like fart or something, and it's not going to fit into the context of the show, I'll hit my (laughs) mute button. When you have 12 people on a on a Skype call, all it takes is two of those people to be crunching on chips or typing on their computer to totally gum up the works, you know, to that, that breathing into the microphone or breathing into the microphone, any of those things that just sort of <sighs> Sorry, I was being a jackass there. Yeah. I apologize. Any of those things, you know, that, that could be a little distracting in a podcast, but you can overlook them. When you have 12 people doing it, it starts to pile up and it will actually, like, drown out the people who are talking. So, you know, it's always good to get together with everybody and say, all right, if you're not talking and somebody's talking, hit your mute button. And if. You know, you're going to interject another important tool of Skype is the instant message. So when you have that group call, you can have people going, okay, I'm going in at this one, you know, at the end of your point, I'm going to come in. And that way, everybody sort of knows. And then you unmute and you do your point and you'll end up that way. You'll end up with a coherent podcast. Uh, When you start more than three or four people on a Skype call, 
things can go south real fast. Mm-hmm. And, and as always, stop looking at the porn. Um, porn. It's best, too, if you go have an idea ahead of time what your guests sound like and what their speech patterns are, rather than going in blind and finding out. Well, sometimes some... you do that, yeah, but that's the magic of it, too. Sometimes that works out for the better or the worse, but sometimes yep. that happens. But, you know, take the time at the beginning when you have everybody together, have everybody say something and go, ah, oh, you know, you know, PD, you're, you're way quieter than anybody. Can you turn up your mic a little bit and, and get it so where you can hear everybody right before you start? And then it'll just make it a lot easier. You're, you're, all those things that are kind of a pain in the ass in the beginning will end up saving you hours down the road so, and try to try to have more than one person recording the call oh yes uh, <laughs> oh huge backing backing it up is always important and i can't tell you how many times and scott and i have been on both sides of this situation you got a big where, podcast why don't you back that thing up yeah and it's <laughs> it's just really important it's, it's, it's kind of like the old rap, rap song about backing that ass up um no, it's just, it's just it, it, it's just important because if you put a lot of time and you got a lot of energy and everything's clicking and everything's firing on all cylinders, and then for whatever reason your recorder craps out on you, you know at least somebody else on the call has that that they can send to you through various ways of you know Don't getting know an MP3 or how whatever. How many times Dropbox. I had to do that? Yeah, yeah, I mean, we all have. Yep. Um, so, I imagine there's three of us recording this right now. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, and it's just, and it, and it may seem like kind of like silly, and then you know, because because eventually it gets kind of paranoid. You know, it's like because every time you're on a call, somebody's recording it. Uh, <laughs> well, you see, paranoia is when it's a delusion. This is a reality. <laughs> there's so many things that can go wrong. I have, I I've been such an idiot that I've had great podcasts. Where I have simply forgotten to hit record. I was so wrapped up in the whole thing that we just started <laughs> getting going. Order you exactly, and, and like at the end of the podcast, I've had to go. Okay, guys, you're gonna hate me, but I didn't record any of that. And then you just yep. hear, and then you hear the hate. Then you feel the hate start to to boil up, and rightly so. So yeah, yeah. The eight million things can go wrong, so don't be shy about. And when and when you do have that recording on your your computer, yeah, if you got a external hard drive, it doesn't hurt to just make a habit of dumping all. Of usually, if you finish something, dump it on there. If you have raw material, dump it on there, and you know, and just put it in a file. And then when you're done editing it and you have the show up on the air and you know it's up and out in the internet, then you can dump that file of original stuff. But save all that stuff. If you got the space to save it forever, do that too because you never know when you might want it. But yeah, be redundant. Redundant, 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 redundant. And, and that will make your stomach and your brain very happy. Because I can't tell you how many times I've had that sinking feeling. Oh shit, something just went wrong. 
But then you get those great ones where you think that you've lost something, and then all of a sudden you pull it out of a file. A, Suddenly, the a hidden the, file. The, the it's just like yeah. Starts singing. It's it, it, you know, <laughs> it's like Hans Gruber just opened up the safe for the first time. <laughs> it's all funny, so. Uh, I, I think more important than anything, though, and it's something we touched on at the beginning, but I think it's something to touch on at the end. Have fun. Have as much fun as humanly possible. Yep. This is what it's all about. If you're having fun, the people listening to your show are going to be having fun. Absolutely. Unless you're drunk, in which case they're probably not having fun. <laughs> and, you know, with, with all of the little the little tips and tricks and so-called rules that we gave you. Ultimately, the biggest rule is like Mike says, have fun. I would, I would also add to that, make the show you want to listen to make Mm -hmm. it to where you're happy with it. It's the kind of show you would want to listen to. So even if you disregarded every piece of advice that we gave you, if you're having a good time, you're being sincere, you're having a blast, you're making a show you're proud of and you would listen to, the, the type of thing that appeals to you, more than likely it's going to appeal to somebody, somebody else out else there. Somebody else out there is going to like so, it. Yeah. The, the yeah. beginning phase might be a little bit rough. You might get some serious harsh criticism and some negative feedback, but you know, if you're happy with it, if it's what you intended... Keep plugging away, man. Don't let anybody discourage you. Keep don't, going, because eventually you'll, be your else. listeners. W- yep, exactly. Be I you. Mean, I mean, if, some people aren't really sure how they want to present themselves, and you're gonna have to feel your way into that. Don't, don't, don't try. A lot of people will try to become somebody else. They'll affect the mannerisms of of right. somebody, or or try to tell jokes the way that person will do. And when you try to do that, nine times out of ten, it's going to fall flat because it's not you. Take what you, you know, look at those people that you, that you admire or that you look up to or that you listen to that you enjoy what they do. And sort of, instead of seeing what they do, look for the essence of what they do. Look and, and play off that more than trying to copy their jokes or do do exactly what they do right. and it, it it will serve you you'll you'll get to that point where you start hitting that groove of your thing a lot faster but the, the trick if you, to, if you oh go ahead mike well i was about to say the trick to that though is be careful what you decide to do because sometimes you can get saddled with a reputation that you kind of want to shuffle off later you don't want to be known as that guy, basically. Right. You know, and, 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 you know, I'm not saying that you have to be super positive about everything you talk about, but if you're negative about every single thing you talk about, eventually you're going to get the reputation of that's the negative guy. And yeah, some people are going to like that, but as Scott can attest to, sometimes people just want to wind the monkey to see it play. Well, the, and that gets really tiring after a while. The thing about it as is, th- there are people who can be the negative guy who can work that, but it, it's the exception. It's the rare, the rare person that has that perfect and personality it, for it, and it's probably a character that they, you know, that they play and stuff, and that you know, like uh, Joe Bob Briggs, you know, who would do the funny movie reviews. And he right. would play this redneck character, and and all that. But or Adam Carolla, who does who rants. You know that's what people listen to him. Listen to him get wound up and rant. 
if that's your thing, then it's gonna work for you. But sometimes uh, there's a there's a lot of people, there's a lot of desire to people like rants these days. Rants are sort of the <laughs> the the standard public discourse. I think for worse, but for better or worse, whatever your opinion is of it. And a lot of people want to hear people rant or want to rant, but um, all I have to say about that is if you're going to rant, be on top of what you... Don't just rant because you want to rant because it's going to come out fake. It's going to come out... It's going to come out negative and annoying and try to, you know, try to season whatever you have with either differing point of views or acknowledgement of different point of views or just just something to leaven it with and I'll say the same thing about being positive because some people can be too sugary sweet or non-offensive to the point of where they're walking on eggshells you know yeah. and uh, I wasn't uh, trying to insult Scott uh, by the way, no, no, I know, no, I know. I realize, no, it's actually. Well, maybe you should try harder. <laughs> it's something uh, I should have thought of bringing to the table myself. Is yeah, absolutely. Be careful of you know who you want to be. Be cognizant of who you want to be and who you don't want to be. And if you find that the reputation you're starting to build is not the one that you want, then you better be on top of changing that real quick because. Once a, a, a reputation is firmly established, believe me, I'd be the first one to tell you that it's hard as hell to shake it. And it's a hard thing because you want to also strike that balance of you don't want to be doing things just to please the people who are listening to you. Yeah, be true to yourself. Of what, of what yourself is. But at the right. same time, you don't want to alienate them either. So you, so it becomes a little bit of a dance and a little bit of a, something you have to think about. If you're going to be opinionated, <laughs> right? And I would I would encourage people be opinionated. That's oh, why that's people why. listen to you. They want to know what you think about things. You know what is your opinion of this? You know, and if you're not, you know, if you're not frankly ballsy enough to to have a stance and stick with it, then kind of I would question why you're getting into podcasting in the first place honestly so tell me punk are you ballsy enough to podcast <laughs> Thank you.
can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode, with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy, and there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time. Welcome to Amazon. I love you. Visit our brand new website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com, where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook, too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook, too, if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com, where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com slash league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. We were finally invited aboard one of these spacecraft which landed near Ann Arbor, Michigan on October the 24th of 1954. This is a drawing of the craft. As I was leaving the craft, the commander, Soltek, said, soon others of your people will be able to have an experience similar to this.